Eat Drink DFW from the Dallas Morning News is made possible by Central Market. Hey, North Texas food fans, welcome to Eat Drink DFW from the Dallas Morning News. Each week we dish on the local restaurant scene, food and drink trends, cooking and shopping tips, and unpack everything that makes North Texas one of the most vibrant, diverse, and ambitious food scenes in the country. I'm food reporter Claire Baller, filling in for food editor Aaron Bookie, and today we'll be talking about the grocery industry with special guest Maria Halkius, the Dallas Morning News retail reporter. And later, we'll be talking with Kevin Curry, the Dallas-based entrepreneur and cookbook author behind the wildly popular blog and Instagram account, Fit Men Cook. It's going to be really fun, and it all gets started right after this. Central Market is really into food, like fish flown in so fresh it still has jet lag into food. Our sourdough starter has been around since grunge was a thing into food. We're talking more prime cuts than a greatest hits album into food. Central Market is really into food. If you are too, then we're the HQ for you. Whether you're a make-every-recipe-in-the-cookbook foodie or a my-favorite-recipe-is-reheat type who just digs the delectable, no place makes every day more delicious like Central Market. Really into food. Shop now at centralmarket.com. Welcome back, everyone. Very excited to have you here for our show. It's going to be a good one, and we're going to cover a lot. So be sure to visit dallasnews.com slash food after this for detailed show notes of everything we talked about. And if you want us to answer your questions or talk about something specific, send us a voice memo via our form at dallasnews.com slash food or email us at eatdrink at dallasnews.com. Later on, I'll be talking to retail reporter Maria Halkius about her coverage of the grocery industry. But right now, I'm joined by my fellow food reporter, Sarah Blaskovich and our producer, Natalie Keough, to talk about what we've been eating and loving lately. So we recently started publishing a weekly roundup of the best things we've all eaten recently. And so I wanted to hear from you two about what you ate this past week that really stood out. Sarah, you recently were on vacation. What did you eat? Yes, recently, my husband and I took our two little kids on a 10-day Texas road trip. So my kids are ages two and six, and we drove in a Jeep to Houston, Galveston, and parts of San Antonio, then back through Austin and back to Dallas. We did eat a lot of excellent food. And my favorite, I would say, is we stopped at a seafood market in Galveston called Katie's, and we picked up some Gulf shrimp. And my husband effortlessly took this back to the Airbnb and made shrimp scampi after the kids went to bed, Mm. just for the two of us. We already had some white wine in the fridge, So we just stopped and grabbed a lemon, some garlic, and some butter. Um, And we already had angel hair pasta at the Airbnb just in case the kids wanted noodles. And it took like 15 minutes, and it was Gulf shrimp. It felt special to eat food that came from a place where I could see the water right there. And so that was probably the best meal that we ate in those last 10 days. But we did have the pleasure of eating barbecue a couple of times, including at Leroy and Lewis, a top 50 barbecue place in Austin that I had not been to yet. And we ate some Tex-Mex. So we really did the sort of Gulf Tex-Mex barbecue thing for days and days. That sounds amazing. I also saw that you guys encountered some sold out barbecue spots along your way too. Yes. uh, Thank you for asking. We drove four hours from Galveston Beach to Seguin, Texas, a city that I had never been to, to try the Burnt Bean, which is a very well-liked barbecue place in Seguin. We watched them put the sold out signs on the door. Oh my gosh. As we rolled up. 
yeah, in fact, our six-year-old was like, what are they doing? And my husband was like, well, they're telling us that we cannot eat there. <laughs> and uh, our six-year-old was like, but we drove all this way. And so, I mean, she was totally heartbroken and we were all very hungry. And so uh, we ended up driving a little bit farther and eating Lupe Tortilla, which is chain Tex-Mex that my husband, who's from Houston, really loves. And it made everybody happy. Uh, I had a cocktail that made me happy and we moved on. But I'm going to have to try burnt bean another time because uh, showing up at 1.30 p.m. is too late on the weekends. Yeah. Lesson learned. Also a great lesson for your daughter of like, look, kid, this is how it goes with Texas barbecue. This is, yeah, this is, this is real life. I mean, she was heartbroken because that doesn't happen at other restaurants. And now she eats a lot of barbecue with us though. So she knows, you know, sometimes (laughs) we go to the barbecue place. The one thing that she needs is brisket and barbecue restaurants are almost never out of brisket, but it has happened before. So this is not her first or her last barbecue heartbreak. (laughs) (laughs) Natalie what about you what have you had recently that was really good so I'm pretty sure I went to like my first steakhouse in Texas or like in Dallas recently like an actual true steakhouse because my my parents have always uh made steak at home um I went to Papa's Bros um Mm -hmm. on 635 and I had a steak there with a bunch of sides. We went with our neighbors. We do a monthly birthday dinner with our neighborhood, and we went out to Papa's. That's so cute, Natalie. Uh, my my neighborhood is awesome. Um, I love my neighbors so much. We had bacon-wrapped scallops. We had asparagus. We had so many different types of potatoes. I didn't realize you could use potatoes in so many different forms and yeah. eat them all in one sitting. But that was a really, really good experience. Just, you know, not only for the the social part of it, but the food part. And then at home, we've been making a lot of DIY chipotle bowls. So oh, it's just cool. chipotle at home. Um, and we're making our own cilantro rice. And um, I can have steak and chicken on a bowl. I can have extra guac <laughs> if I want it and no not have charge. To, no. Yeah. I don't have to charge for it. Um, and so we've been doing that at home and that's been really fun and really tasty. I love that. Do you make it like in bulk? So you have meals for like the next few days? Oh yeah. We usually marinate all of the meat on Sunday and then throughout the week we'll just be like lunch, chipotle bowl, dinner. That's chipotle brilliant. Bowl. So it's it's great. And then we make all of the rice ahead of time as well. All of the beans, they just come from a can. So whenever we need the beans, we just, just do it in a can. can. <laughs> yeah, but the, the corn salsa, the red salsa, we all make in bulk, usually on a Sunday or a Monday. But it's just such an easy meal to make. And it's so it's just so yummy. That's, That's really great. smart. Yeah, I need to do that. I, I love that. I love when you can like make a meal and do a two-in-one where you're like serving the purpose of, of cooking the meal that you want at the time. And then setting yourself up for success for those nights when you are tired and don't want to deal with it. And then you open the fridge and you have a perfect little Chipotle bowl spread waiting Mm -hmm. for you. (laughs) Very smart. What about you, Claire? So I recently, I just went to La Bodega in Oak Cliff. Oh, sure. Have you guys seen that yet? It's like this adorable little spot that just opened and they specialize in rotisserie chickens and fries. And it was so good. I went in for lunch and grabbed a sandwich. I thought about ordering a whole of rotisserie chicken and then was like, what am, what am I going to do with this right now? I'm literally <laughs> going to be eating lunch in my car. And so I, I just grabbed a pulled chicken sandwich um, and it came on 
like this this great almost like ciabatta like roll and had caramelized onion, mustard, roasted garlic, and goat cheese on mm. it. And it was so very good. The fries were also very good. I found myself eating all of them like before I even finished my sandwich. <laughs> you know, like French fries, they can either be like oftentimes they're kind of like an afterthought for some restaurants. They like put them there to, to have something else to go along with it. These were very good fries. Would eat them by themselves happily. Mm. Um, and so I'm excited to go back and, and actually get a whole roasted chicken eventually. Probably keep that for a, a weeknight dinner sometime. Delicious. Delicious. It was yeah. so good. Yeah. So I was wondering, you guys, I went to Barnes & Noble because they were having a really good sale on hardcover books. And I was taking a look at some of the cookbooks. I was looking at some for my mom and I ended up getting her one that was, um, it's the the art, Mastering the Art of French Cooking by oh, yeah. Julia Child. Um, sure. Just a, just a classic one. And then I got for myself Half-Baked Harvest because mm-hmm. I've been seeing a lot of recipes on TikTok and have been using her recipes uh, just for everyday food. But I was wondering if you guys have a go-to cookbook that you tend to gravitate towards whenever you need just like any kind of meal on any given day. Yeah. Okay. So my absolute go-to, and it's a cookbook that I think everybody should have in their arsenal, whether you really cook a lot or not very much, is Yodam Odolenghi's Simple Cookbook. It is brilliant. Um, it I, I use it so much. I lean heavily on it. And I think his hot charred tomatoes on cold yogurt is as perfect as you can get in terms of a, of a recipe. It is so good. Everything in that book is like just a 10 out of 10 to me. It's designed to be simple, to be easy to cook, approachable, even doable for a quick weeknight meal. So that is like the cookbook that I am constantly preaching about to friends and family. What about you, Sarah? We are cookbook collectors. And in fact, my husband and I are building a house and in the kitchen on the side of the island, there will be, there's a built-in cookbook rack so that we can like display our cookbooks all the time. And I was reflecting on what my favorite cookbooks are. And I actually read cookbooks like cover to cover Mm -hmm. more than I use them to cook. So when I get a new cookbook, I read it like a novel. I open it to page one and I start from there and I'm not in the kitchen. I'm on the couch or Mm -hmm. I'm in bed reading. And so uh, those are the ones I come back to um, usually because I like the people who make the food and I like the stories behind it. Uh, A couple of cookbooks that I cook from a fair amount are The Defined Dish, um, which is Alex Snodgrass, who's from the DFW area. I've also given that book a fair amount to friends who are getting into cooking or who want to cook a little more healthfully. Um, and then another cookbook that I just so shamelessly love is Chrissy Teigen's cookbook. Uh, there is a recipe for banana bread with chocolate chips in it that I make oh, yeah. once every two or three mm-hmm. weeks at least. My kids love it. Um, but I like her cookbook because she talks to regular people about cooking regular food and that is just so very approachable because there are also a lot of cookbooks that feel way out of my league. And I think a lot of people listening might feel that way too. Um, there are two cookbooks that are on my to read list and I brought them like show and tell style. Um, <laughs> Good and Cheap, Eat Well on $4 a Day. This is by Leanne Brown. And I heard her on a podcast and purchased this book because I heard it. So I haven't read it yet, um, but I'm excited about how to make inexpensive food. Also, some of the proceeds of the cookbooks go to people in need because this is all about um, how to cook on a budget. And then another one, we bought this at the Kentucky Derby, uh, Smoke and Pickles. This is Ed Lee's 
uh, new cookbook. I have not read this one yet either. It is super long and is is going to be delicious uh, to consume. I love cookbooks so much. I love how beautiful they are. I love a good cookbook cover. Yeah, uh, oh, I yeah. really am excited to display our cookbooks because right now we don't have a great place in our house to put them. And I think there's a lot of pride in owning great cookbooks and even talking about them and sharing them with other people when they're in your kitchen. So I'm excited to get to do that soon. That is brilliant to have a cookbook display section mm-hmm. in your kitchen. Thanks. I'm going to jot that down for the future for myself. Yeah, uh, I, I will say for me too, there, a cookbook on my list of, of ones that I have not yet dug into, but want to. One of mine is uh, Mi Cocina by Rick Martinez. I don't know if you guys have seen it. It is a gorgeous cookbook. I am so excited to read it and also just to have it out and look at it all the time. And I also adore Rick Martinez. He's a brilliant food writer and I want to be as cool as him one day. So yeah, he I've been listening to him recently, Claire. He is on a podcast called Borderline Salty Mm -hmm. with Carla Lolly Music. And the two of them help solve people's cooking conundrums. And then they also talk about just what they're cooking in their house and what they're into. And he is so lovely to listen to. He's very funny. You know, even though his food is so beautiful, he's like, seems very approachable. And listening to Borderline Salty has made me like him even more. We will have all of these cookbooks that we have mentioned and talked about in the show notes if you'd like to go back and reference these. But thanks guys so much. Really appreciate it. Stay tuned as we talk to Maria Halkius coming up, as well as Kevin Curry of Fit Men Cook. Central Market is really into food. Like, when we say cheese, it's in 12 languages into food. Butchers, bakers, and sushi roll makers into food. We're talking so obsessive about quality you can shop blindfolded into food. Central Market is really into food. If you are too, then let us turn your shopping list into a treasure map. Get inspired, get adventurous, or just get a chef-made dinner when you've got more taste buds than time. No place makes every meal more amazing like Central Market. Really into food. Shop now at centralmarket.com. Welcome back, everyone. We are now joined by intrepid Dallas Morning News retail reporter Maria Halkius, who has been covering the grocery beat since 1993 and knows just about everything there is to know about grocery stores in Texas. Hi, Maria. Welcome to the show. Hi, Claire. Thank you. I'm a super big fan, so I'm excited to be here. I am one of those people who loves grocery shopping. It is my hobby. It is my sport. Uh, And so I'm, I'm very excited to talk with you. What is going on in your world? What is new and noteworthy? in the local grocery scene right now? Well, you know, they are finally starting to build some new stores and they've been frantically remodeling stores. The past couple of years, they put all those kind of plans aside in favor of making sure they had the best kind of online grocery shopping, curbside shopping, just getting their stores to be pandemic ready. So building new stores was kind of not on their radar, but all of them are doing it now. Walmart's remodeling 50 50 stores in our market. Kroger is building the store near downtown. Target, first time in years, is putting a new store in Prosper. So a lot of building, remodeling is going on. That's exciting. So of course, in the pandemic, there was a huge focus on click and pick up at grocery stores. In these remodels and new builds, are you seeing still a focus on that? Are are grocery stores still planning around that? Or is that kind of phasing out now? No, they still think we want to do it. Maybe not as much, but that's not going away. 
way, especially with younger moms. This is very important. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. And so, and that means dedicating, obviously, parking lot space to that as well. Yes. So we have to obviously talk about HEB. I cannot <laughs> sit here and talk with you and not talk about HEB, which is such a talking point for people here. HEB really needs no explanation for Native Texans, but can you just give a quick rundown of what the heck HEB is and why it is such a big deal around here in case there are people listening who, like me, are not from here? Sure. HEB has been around a very long time. Started in Kerrville, 1905. There's a very strong familiarity of HEB, but also when there are disasters, they've made a point of being there with water and other other retailers do that too, but they've taken it to a, a real extreme, uh, even adding like really expensive generators to their stores because they don't want to have to close. One of their energy executives told me, we consider ourselves indispensable. And then there's the food, of course, groceries, private label. They really have taken that to a different level. They ship the tortilla chips shaped like Texas. all over for people who used to live here. It, it's just a company that's been around a long time and people love it. People love it. Yeah. yeah. So we here in North Texas do not yet have an HEB, but there is one coming. So can you tell us about when that first location is opening here and how many more we can expect to see? There's two under construction right now. Well, four under construction, but two that will open this year. Frisco will be first and then Plano sometime this fall. They have not said yet, but I'm sure it'll be before they Thanksgiving. That kind of makes sense. And then there's two others in Collin County also under construction, one in McKinney and Allen. And I think after they get some of these open, they're going to aggressively open more. For those who are very excited and waiting on bated breath for the first North Texas location to open, how busy do you think it's going to be and what should people expect? I think it's going to be busy. They just opened in Lubbock a few months ago for the first time. And they had crazy lines, I've heard. So grocery stores are obviously, they're on the front line of supply chain issues and inflation right now. And that's really an area where consumers feel the effects directly on all of those things. So how do you see grocery stores handling that right now? Boy, there's some serious negotiating going on between the food buyers and the companies that sell them food. Some stores are saying they are not accepting increases. They're pushing back. So suppliers are being squeezed a lot right now. The the stores themselves are finding good buys. They're pushing their private label and they can control that price a little better. And then they're trying to give everybody discounts on gasoline to help the whole budget. We can't sit here and talk about grocery stores in North Texas without talking about Southern Dallas, which has long had issues with food insecurity and accessible grocery stores. And the lack of big chain grocery stores is a topic that is constantly brought up, but really there are rarely solutions. Based on your years of covering the grocery industry here, do you think there's anything that would change that for Southern Dallas? Boy, if we knew the answer to that, that would be great. But as long as I've been covering the grocery business, there have been mayors and city council members who have made this a focus and they've thrown money at grocers asking them to open a, a store. I really don't have an answer to that question. I wish that I did, but it's not anything that people are going to give up on. And I'm sure there'll be new stores opening at some point. Well, thank you so much, Maria. It was an absolute pleasure to talk with you. Excited to see what happens with HEB. We'll have to check back in on that when it finally opens. 
Stay with us. Coming up in our next segment, Kevin Curry shares his secret Dallas grocery spots, plus some healthy cooking tips. That's right after this. Hey, listeners, this is Christopher Wynn. I'm the arts and entertainment editor for the Dallas Morning News. And that, thankfully, includes the food team that you're listening to right now. What I love about this beat is that food stories are people stories. Restaurants say a lot about who we are, our culture, and the health and well-being of our communities. If you want to help continue supporting this good work, it's easy. Just subscribe to the Dallas Morning News and become a member. You'll find a special offer just for listeners at dallasnews.com listen. Food editor Aaron Bookie recently sat down with Kevin Curry, the Dallas-based entrepreneur and blogger behind Fit Men Cook, which has an impressive 1.6 million followers on Instagram. He shared a bunch of healthy cooking tips, plus his secret Dallas grocery and dining spots. Here's more with Aaron and Kevin. Welcome, everyone, to Eat, Drink, DFW. We have a really fun guest for you today, Kevin Curry, the Dallas-based entrepreneur, cookbook author, and creator behind Fit Men Cook, which has almost 2 million followers on Instagram. He's here to talk about all of his new projects, plus give us busy home cooks some healthy tips. Hi, Kevin. Welcome to the show. What's going on? How are you doing? <laughs> Good. Thank you. So, Kevin, tell us a little bit first about your journey. I know you've talked with us before and you've been doing this for a while, but what is kind of your mission behind Fit Men Cook and what is your goal for it? You know, really, it's just to kind of help people to live healthier and happier through food. I think that's just as succinct as I can get it. You know, my journey started when I was at a pretty low point in life. I, I wasn't really liking how I was, um, the place that I was in financially from a career standpoint. And um, I was just medicating with food and alcohol. And mm -hmm. when I hit that proverbial like rock bottom moment, made the decision to turn my life around, it all started in the kitchen, really. I think that we all kind of gravitate toward what's easiest for us. And so for me, I would just kind of do what a lot of people do, just try to burn off the food that you're eating and stuff. But I learned very quickly that you can't out train a poor diet. Like right. it's just always going to be there. And so it wasn't until I, I started to cook for myself and understand a lot more about the concepts of just, you know, a balanced diet, eating more veggies, <laughs> not yeah. cooking with so much fat and whatnot, you know, all that good Southern cooking that we grew up with, yeah, um, right. just, just learning how to tweak that a lot more. That's when the change happens. So my mission since then is just to help people to have that same type of freedom I'm not an absolutist whenever it comes to food. I think food should be embraced and celebrated, but we don't have to prepare it in some of the traditional ways that don't serve us as much. Yeah. And so what are some of your key approaches to cooking and techniques and ingredients that you kind of go to again and again? Yeah. So from an approach just to food, and I, I think it just relates much more to diet, mm -hmm. is that do what you can where you are. So right. I think that the most important thing that people do or, or, or they'll try to do is they'll try to overhaul their diet overnight. They'll try to make all these different changes to it. And I just tell people, hey, just take it slow. So my philosophy has always been on what is practical, um, which includes the budget, what's practical also with your time and what's practical within what you can do in the kitchen. So yeah. make that work first and then everything else will kind of fall into place. I teach people to eat a lot with like variety, but I eat the same thing over and over again to be yeah. with you because- you know, once you find something that works, it works and you just got to, you know, embrace that. I'm getting at least two greens per week. So mm -hmm. I'll 
the grocery store, I say, all right, Kevin, which greens do you want? Lately, it's been chard and spinach. <laughs> Those are my two greens. All right, Kev, what greens are you going to have? And so I'll think about either do I want um, a brown rice, which right now I have not been really feeling br brown rice. I've right. been doing a lot more like jasmine rice, if I even want rice at all. And then I'll select my proteins. Now, one thing that I try to tell people is that don't just look at meat as a source of protein. There's a lot of residual protein and plants have protein too. So sometimes I'll usually get like some chickpeas or some black beans and cook those up um, as well as, you know, some chicken. Not every meal that I eat has to have an animal protein. In it. And I think that's important because it teaches us balance. And right. it's also, it's a sustainable form of eating too. You know, yeah. we can eat veggies and all the people out there that work out, don't worry, your muscles aren't going to fall off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's budget friendly too. The right. Beans. It's budget yeah. friendly. It yeah. is. It can be. I just like a bunch of fruit. I can't even lie. I like <laughs> fruit. So my fridge usually looks like I'm making a largest like fruit salad, but no, it's just, <laughs> I just like it for snacking. And especially here in this hot weather that we're having in Dallas. Right. Fresh fruit, just it's so hydrating and refreshing. Yeah. I love fruits too. Mango is like my go-to and something my kid will eat too. So <laughs> and so talking about summer, because it is so just ridiculously hot outside, what are some of your favorite summer meals that require, you know, little effort, little sweating in the kitchen, you know, that kind of thing? Yeah. So sheet pan meals are great for that. Yeah. All you have to do is just season up your protein. So one of my favorite ones is the salmon and roasted veggies. Um, mm -hmm. So I'll just literally just get some salmon. Make sure you pat it dry, y'all, especially if it's been thawing out because if you have to, you know, like defrost it. It can get really watery. Make sure that you do that. Damp it dry and then season it up with your favorite seasoning. I'm usually I'll use my own spices oftentimes, but some of my go to's are just smoked paprika, sea salt and pepper. Doesn't take too much. <laughs> um, and then um, get just a bunch of veggies. So I'll get like um, <clears throat> I'll get red onion and zucchini and squash and sometimes even cauliflower, bell peppers and chop that up put it on the same sheet pan. So I've got my salmon on one side, I've got my veggies on the other side, and they can relatively cook at the same you know, rate. And I like to have my vegetables crisp tender. What that means is that they are cooked, but there's a crunch to them. And that's just because I like the nutrients. And if you are making this for meal prep, remember that you're usually going to be reheating it. Mm -hmm. And so you, what you don't want to do is you won't want to overcook them because then when you reheat it, it's going to become like water. It's going to be yeah. mush. So what I'll do once I bake everything and just that tray, it's just as simple. You could either buy some frozen brown rice or some frozen jasmine rice, which I actually recommend, or you can just make your own rice or some quinoa or some bulgur. Once everything comes out, you toss the vegetables, which have been maybe tossing some dried herbs. Mm -hmm. into the grains and all of a sudden you've got a grain bowl and then if you and then you got your protein there too so you've got like at least three or four meals and with very little effort that's awesome i love that yeah i love grain bowls it's like you can they're just endlessly customizable and yeah i feel healthier just hearing you talk about that <laughs> <laughs> and so you seem even busier now than the last time we chatted and you have a lot of projects going on you have cookbooks cookware spices a massive and sustained social media following and now you have a partnership with home chef how do you do it all i think the secret of the longevity that i've had i guess over the years is that I'm always thinking about like what's next, but I also try to keep it interesting for me. So that way it's something that like, oh, I really want to explore this more. And that's why I'm really excited about Home Chef. I used to work a lot with Kroger 
like uh-huh. a whole bunch like early on and i remember when home chef popped up and i was like oh well this is pretty cool and so now to kind of come like full circle and work with with home chef it's a good moment for me i yeah. think that our philosophies are tightly aligned and you know in a way mm-hmm. we just want to make good food make it accessible <laughs> and yeah. easy for people. And then it happens to be in, in many ways good for you as well. That's what attracted me to this partnership just because I want to be able to get inside of people's kitchens in, in a brand new way. And so what are some of the recipes that you're using with Home Chef? Sure. I tried to get some fan favorites in there. One is from the cookbook and also just throughout the years, it's a stuffed chicken parm where you got the cheese inside of it and then the marinara on top. It's just, it's pretty dope. It was shocking to me that people really love was this egg roll in a bowl. So taking out all the wrapping and whatnot and having the vegetables there. In all, people have the choice to do both. I think there's a lot of value in cooking your food. So I wanted to have a little bit of both. You can have the already prepared meals and Mm -hmm. then you could also have the ingredients where you can cook the meals. So that's an important part because it's actually in the name, Fit Men Cook, The Fit Cook. Right. So we got to do some work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And kind of education, like teaching people how to cook for themselves, like baby steps sometimes Correct. <laughs> with a helper. And so since you live in Dallas, um, what are some of your thoughts on the food scene here? So I've moved from downtown. So I'm now over here in, in the Bishop Arts area, Okay. Um, which I've always loved. Bishop Arts, Oak Cliff, the Kessler Park area. Now, let me just put an asterisk by this. <laughs> okay. I go to the grocery store at least five times a week. Right. Just so people know. So when I'm talking about stuff and you're like, oh, my God, you do all this, this and this. I like the grocery store. Okay, (laughs) I like it. It sounds like an inconvenience to you. To me, it's my joy. So that being said, I go to Fiesta Food Store. Fiesta is so great because they've got a wide assortment of just like different fruits and vegetables, especially with the with the Latin American twist. A lot of the products that you may really love especially with Tex-Mex and Mexican food, you can get there. They have the freshest juices there with the with the orange machine when you walk in and it's squeezing the juice into it. It's like, oh my God, this is so great. And they got the music going too. So it's a, it's a whole vibe. <laughs> and then I go to Cox Farms, which oh, cool, is yeah. um, over there too. And I like that they have just impeccable produce. They've got some specialty items in the bulk section too. So I, I, I like pick and choose. Listen, y'all got to know how to make it work for your budget. Don't buy all your stuff at one spot, right? Right. For some of my high quality proteins, I'll go next door to Cooper's Meat Market. And Cooper's Meat Market is not just the meat market. It is probably the best undiscovered steakhouse in all of Dallas. Oh, um, wow. I just hope people don't hear this and ruin it. By getting I know, exactly. There. <laughs> but I promise you, hands down, if you go there, every person that I've just taken over there, that I like, introduced, they have loved it. Like, loved it. It's like top quality cuts of beef. They even got seafood and chicken. So that's where I go to get some of that stuff. When I'm not feeling as motivated or when I just want some, you know, just... A grab and go eatsies is always at the top of my list. One thing that I love about the Dallas food scene now is that, especially coming out of COVID, is that it looks like people are rebounding again in terms of like expanding eating options. Mm-hmm. So I know I'm talking about Bishop Arts, but you should go over there, y'all. There's a lot more. I just went to a spot about two weeks ago. It's called Written by the Seasons. Okay. Oh my gosh. It was just this 
a wonderfully like curated menu based off of seasonal products. It was good portion sizes. And yeah, you, you can eat well there <laughs> in terms of according to your diet. Um, but I, I like the fact that they take the time just to curate it and just update it continually. They've got some good options there. The best fried foods in all of Dallas is the Vegan Food House. It's there oh. in Bishop Arts. It is so good. Like, I promise you, y'all, you're going to bite into these, like, fried oyster mushrooms and just think, like, I don't even miss meat. <laughs> <laughs> they are so darn good. I kid you not. Go over there. Vegan Food House. All right. Well, thank you so much, Kevin, for being on. It was so fun to talk to you. And those were some excellent eating out and grocery shopping and cooking tips. <laughs> Thanks so much. I appreciate you. And that's all the time we have for Eat, Drink, DFW this week. Thank you all for joining, and I hope we've made you hungry for more. Also, we want to hear from you. We want to know what you're eating, drinking, trying, and loving. We also want your questions, too. Fill out our form at dallasnews.com food or email us at eatdrink at dallasnews.com. We'd love to share your thoughts on a future episode. The show is produced by Natalie Kiyomonkun. To stay up to date on every episode of this show and hear more from our newsroom, just follow the Dallas Morning News wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like what you hear, please rate the show and give us a good review. Find links to everything we do at dallasnews.com slash listen. You'll also find a special membership offer there just for listeners. For the news, I'm Claire Baller. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.